Well, I want to speak to you tonight from the book of Amos, but before we go there, go to the book of Revelation, chapter number two. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter number two, if you got your Bibles. The word, the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. The Bible says the word of God is settled in heaven. <clears throat> God never changes, does he? Amen. Can we say amen? God, God said, I am the God who changeth not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thy word, O Lord, it says, thy word, O Lord, is settled in the heavens forever. And that's a wonder. That's basically, we can stand in faith on God, knowing he was the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he will never change. And God is a God of love, mercy, and compassion. We know that. He declares it to us over and over again. But God, even in Christ Jesus, through the Old Testament, God was always calling his people, warning them, continue to walk in my ways, continue to seek my face, continue to call upon my name, continue to believe on me. How many of you are continuing to call upon the name of Jesus? Huh? How many of you are continuing to walk, on, walk with him and follow him? And so the word of the Lord is always saying, call upon me, follow me, come to me, walk in my ways. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Doesn't it say that the Lord is our shepherd? Psalm 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, meaning I will not lack for anything. God, if I'm following the Lord Jesus Christ, God will provide for me. Amen. And we have testimony after testimony. Cal will share tonight too. When we follow the Lord, when we seek after him, he makes ways for us. He provides for us. He takes care of us. He knows our needs, doesn't he? And so he's always providing for us in that wonderful name. But God also warns us. He challenges us. He's always calling to us. Continue to follow me, regardless of what you see in the world around you, regardless of what's taking place. Don't get caught up with the crowds. Follow me. Come to me and walk in my ways. In Revelation, you know, in, in chapter 2 and 3, you know, John was on the Isle of Patmos and God gave him a vision. All right? Gave, opened up the heavens and gave him, able, he was able to see into that spiritual realm, into the supernatural realm that is real and genuine that not many of us get, get the privilege or the opportunity to see. But John was able to see what was going on. And Jesus was spoke, speaking to the churches. And in Revelation chapter 2, we're not going to preach from Revelation, but I just want to let you see three of the churches there where Jesus is talking to them. And he says in, in chapter 2, verse 1, he said, And unto the, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, Nevertheless, you see, when Jesus says right, it means put it down. Why does he want it written down? Because it's something that is going to be permanent. It's going to be until this until we leave this planet and to be with Jesus. These words are for us. And even when they're up there, it's going to be different. But the word of God is still going to be true. And so it says, write this down, put it down. In other words, this is my declaration to everyone who believes. This is what I'm saying to everyone who believes. And he says in verse four, you see, Jesus, you know, there's a, as we look in the mirror, we can always find the good parts of us. Right. We look in the mirror. We all, I hope we can find good parts of us. 
Because if you're in Christ, there's got to be good in you. Amen? All right? But when you look in the mirror, you're going to see the good. And then you're going to see the areas in there where, Lord, I need change. I need help here. Lord, I, I see I have a need here. And if we're honest with God, God will help us to change and to overcome. And so what Jesus was speaking to the churches, he, was, he told them what they were doing well. He told them what they were doing good. He was encouraging them. Don't stop doing what you're doing well. Continue to do that. But I see something in you that needs change. And God says that to every one of us. Can we say amen? I, there's things in me that need change. Only God can change them. And I said, yes, Lord, show me and change them. And that's what God is saying to the churches. I see your good, but I see things in your life that need to be changed. And he says in verse two, verse four, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. I pray in these days and times, your love does not wax cold. I pray that your love for Jesus will continue to be fired up. Why are we here tonight? Why do we come together on Sunday? Why, when we meet somewhere, we were always trying to bless and encourage one another. We want to keep the fire for Jesus burning. That's all that matters. How many know that's the bottom line? Your love for Jesus is all that's going to last and all that's going to remain. That's all that counts. It doesn't matter how good you look. It doesn't matter how smooth you talk. It doesn't matter how much money's in your pocket or not in your pocket. It, what matters is how is your love for Jesus? Is it growing? Is it on fire? Is it there? Uh, are you nurturing that your love for Jesus? I'm not trying to make a condemnation here. I'm just trying to be challenging and encouraging. We all, including me, we've got to stoke the fires of our love for Jesus brighter and brighter, more and more. And he said, because Jesus says, nevertheless, he says, you have left your first love. And in verse five, it says, remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen and repent. Repent. Repentance is a doorway to blessing. Repent and do the first works or else or else. How many of you remember when your parents says you better do this or else? How many of you ever got a spanking because you didn't do the, what the parents said? Do this or else. Now, the or else doesn't mean your parent hated you, does it? Did it? Oh, hopefully. Well, you know, there are parents in this world that you wonder about that brutalize their children. What I'm saying is, if someone says, you know, do this or else, they're doing, they want you, they're trying to teach you right. They're trying to teach you right from wrong to do the good thing. Hopefully, right? Hopefully. I'm talking about good scenarios and good situations. Do this or else. Or else you get a spanking. Or else you get punished. Or else you go to your room. Or else you're grounded. Right? Now, are you a cruel parent because you ground your child for doing wrong? Are you a cruel parent because you, you tell your, your, your child, all right, go to your room, you can't go out because you're disobedient. Is that being cruel or is that being a good parent trying to teach right from wrong and good things? Huh? I'm not talking about being abusive. I'm talking about correction and discipline so that that child grows up in fear and admonition of the Lord. And what Jesus is saying here is repent or else there's going to be consequences. 
How many of you know, if we don't repent of things that we, we, we see, if we see something in our life that needs change, if we don't repent and turn and try to correct it, there's going to be consequences. It's not because the Lord doesn't love us. It's not because the Lord wants to punish us. It's because the choice of what we do in life has consequences. And if we try to follow the Lord and walk in his ways, the, the blessings of the Lord will be upon us. He'll provide. But if we try to, to, to do our own thing and not repent and continue in the things after God shows us and God tells us, then we can't blame God and we can't blame the devil for the consequences that come upon our life because we brought it upon ourselves. We can repent and, and, and ask God to help us then get out of it, but consequences will come upon our life. That's why he says, repent or I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick, except thou repentest. And you go to the church at Pergamos in chapter 2, verse 12. Again, the same thing. He, he, he tells them the things that were good. And then he says, he says, but I have a few things against thee. A few things, Lord? Not just one. Jesus said, I have a few things. You see, God doesn't close his eyes to what goes on in our lives. And God loves us enough. Listen, he loves you enough, he loves me enough to show us all the things that need to go in our lives. And so here he said, there's a few things I have against you. All right, Lord, well, show me what they are so that I can work on them and change and you can help me get over these things, right? That's what we should be saying. That should be our attitude. And so he says a few things against thee, because thou hast uh, there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit fornication. And again, he goes on to say repent. What's he talking about? Sexual immorality, all the, all the things that are filling our life today, that are not filling our life, but I mean filling the world around our lives. You know what I'm trying to say? When we turn on the TV, when you look at everything, there's all this, this immorality. Everything is sexual and sensual, trying to tell you, you to do this and do that and everybody. No, God is saying, hold fast. Don't get caught up into that stuff. And if someone has, he's saying, repent, turn from it and come back. Otherwise, there will be consequences. He says it to the church. He said it to the church at Ephesus, at Pergamos. And he goes on, and, and I'm not going to have to go on here too, but he goes in chapter 2, verse 18, to, to the church at Thyatira, and the same thing. He says, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you also, because you tolerate Jezebel women, women who are Jezebels. So the Lord is, is saying to believers, he's not talking, listen, God is not talking to the ungodly here. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to his church. Yes. Are we the church? Yes. Yeah. You know, when you read Revelation, it's nice when you hear the word, you know, blasting the unbelievers and whatever, blah, 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 blah. But most of the time, Jesus was addressing his disciples, talking to his people saying, this is what you need to repent from. And Jesus in the church, he's talking to the church in Revelation. 
He's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to the world that is mocking Christ, that doesn't want to know God. He's talking to the people that are coming in and calling upon the name of the Lord. He's talking to you and me. He's talking to us today that we need to stand guard over the way we think, the way we walk, the way we talk, of what our attitude is, our whole makeup. We need to stand guard over it, not, not with any kind of uh, uh, oh me, oh my condemnation, but Lord, if there's anything, what did David say? Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, show me. Cleanse my heart. Let me see what I need to do so that I could be pleasing to you. That's what our relationship with Jesus is all about. Lord, show me what needs cleaning in my life. We live in a world today where people are calling themselves Christians, but you could see by what they do and what they say, you could see by how they walk and how they talk, that they're not in relationship with Jesus Christ because they're not living according to the Word of God. They can, they can say that they're praying, they can say that they're praising, but you tell a tree by its fruit. We can't fool Jesus. We can fool one another, but we can't fool Jesus. We can't fool the spirit of the living God. How many of you know we can't get over on God? I don't want to get over on God. I don't even want to try to get over on God. I'd be a fool to even think that I could get over on God. Amen? So I want God to show me in my life what I need to stay strong in my faith with him, to stay strong in my walk and my talk and my relationship with Jesus. Lord, I live in a wicked world. I live in a world where there's so much uh, pull out there, so many temptations and so many things. But Lord, I want to live for you. And I need you to show me if there's anything that infiltrated me. I need you to show me so I can cleanse it out of me. And I want to be, I want to walk with you. I want to be well-pleasing in your sight and in your hearing, Lord God. I don't care what the world thinks of me. I care what Jesus thinks of me. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. We need to, we need to, we need to have good reputation. We need to have good character. We need, to, we need to be an example. Don't get me wrong. But we need to care above all things what Jesus thinks of us, of my life. How am I doing, Lord? That's, that's got to be our attitude. How am I doing, Jesus? How am I doing today? Huh? I can say, John, how am I doing? And, you know, that's okay. That, that cheers me up. But more than what John thinks of me, more than what mom thinks of me, more than, and I'm, please don't, I'm not putting you down, but more than what you guys think of me, my concern, my, my thing is, Lee Jesus, what do you think? Yes. Am I doing okay? Yes. How can I change? How can I be better? How can I be more in love with you? How can I be more like you? That's got to be our cry. That's got to be our passion. That's got to be our desire. Because Jesus says to the church, there are some things you're doing good, but there's other things that unless you repent, there's going to be consequences. And consequences, how many of you know consequences are not good? You remember that show that used to be on Truth or Consequences? I don't know if you ever, any of you ever remember. When I was a little kid, it used to be on. And I think if you, they used to throw pie in your face if you, if you uh, got whatever. But Truth or Consequences is based on the Bible. You walk in the truth, otherwise there's consequences. And if we think we can stray from the truth, then everything will be just fine, and we'll just come back and, hey, you know, eh, just overlook that, Jesus. No, Jesus does not overlook anything. There's consequences, there's forgiveness, there's forgiveness, but there's consequences. And so God wants us to avoid consequences in our life. 
God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God does not want you to have consequences in your life. God wants you to have blessings in your life. How many of you know that? God wants your life to be blessed. Consequences are, are, are ways that we hinder blessings or we put on hold blessings of God or we actually just put them away. Because of the choices that we make, the consequences, we can't receive the blessing. But if we're walking with God and, and making right decisions and choices, then God pours out the blessings of heaven. That's why in this day and age, it doesn't matter what the government says, it doesn't matter what Wall Street says, it doesn't matter what the banks say, it's what thus saith the Lord. And if we walk with the Lord and look to Him, He will take care of us, He will provide for us. But if we try to, to, uh, to, to do things that are not right, there could be consequences and they will not be good. Now just go with me to the book of Amos in the Old Testament. Book of Amos, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, when Jesus was addressing the churches, he's addressing his people. And he's telling them, you know, there's things you're doing right in your life, and that's good. Keep doing those. But you could do better. You can do better. How many of you know you could do better? Every one of us here could do better. We're, I, you know, we're, you, we, we say, I say, you know, I, Lord, I'm doing the best I can. I don't know how much more, but you can. I can do better. You can do better. We can do better in all things. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord, we can all do things better. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In Amos chapter three, it says, hear this word, which the Lord has spoken against you, sons of Israel. You see, Jesus was speaking to the church, and when God was speaking to Israel, he's speaking to his people. When Jesus is speaking to the church, he's speaking to his people. So God speaks to his people first, because he loves his children. He loves us. We're sons and daughters of God, and so God speaks to us, and he doesn't hold anything back. God speaks true. He speaks right, and he says, listen to what I'm saying. I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to go through consequences. I want you to walk with me, be blessed. I want to be your shield. I want to be the glory and the lifter of your head. I want to be your protector and provider. But if you don't listen to me, I have to draw back and consequences will come upon your life. Then what? Then you're going to be hurt. Then you're going to be sorry. Then you're going to be hurting. Then you're going to be crying. Then you're going to be depressed. Then you're going to be miserable. And I don't, God doesn't want that for us. And so here he says, hear the word of the Lord. How many times does the Bible tell us to hear the word of the Lord? When we were in Revelation, the, if you go on and you read all those there, it says, hear what the Spirit yes. saith yes. to the churches. Yes. Hear the word of God. Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wants our faith to grow. And it's through hearing of the word of God. When we neglect the hearing of the word is when we start getting ourselves in trouble, is when we start making consequences come upon our life. He says, hear the word of the Lord spoken against you, against the entire family which he brought up from the land of Egypt. Well, God says, you are my people 
called by my name. And now God is saying to them, I got something against you guys. Does God love them? Of course he loves them. Does God not want to provide for them? Yes, he does. But he's honest enough to tell them, I got something against you guys. And he says, you, you only, look, you only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will, in this version, it says, therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. In other words, therefore, he's going to allow consequences, the consequences of what, was, what, what did he have against Israel? Israel was neglecting to take heed to the word of God, and they were getting caught up in the ways of the world around them. And they weren't walking with God the way they should be or the way they were walking with God. At one point, they were walking with God. One point, they were celebrating God, singing his praises and worshiping him and bringing sacrifices. But then the world around them gets in and the devil has ways of playing with your mind. And they started to slowly. How many of you know that the, 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 the departure from the ways of the Lord is not a sudden thing. It's a gradual thing. And so the world is always trying to gradually gravitate you away from your relationship with the Lord. And here the Lord says, because of your iniquity, and that's not like a one-time thing, it's because they were persistent in what they were doing. God showed them in the mirror, this is what you need to repent of, and they says, eh, maybe tomorrow, mm, maybe the next day, you know, I'm having a good time right now, just... And then God says, now, because of your iniquities, I have to allow consequences to come on you. And look at what he says in verse 3. You know, we quote this verse in a, in a positive way, but the Lord is, look what the Lord is saying. Do two men walk together, or how can two walk together unless they, they're in agreement? What is God trying, what is, in the context of that, God is saying, if you're declaring, if you want to walk with me, you can't walk with me and have one foot walking on my side and the other foot wanting to walk in the world. We're either on the Lord's side or we're not. What do you want to do? How many of you want to walk with Jesus? I do. And it says, how can walk, two walk together unless they're in agreement? Unless we're saying, yes, Lord, I want to walk with you. Yes, Lord, I want your ways. Yes, Lord, I want your wisdom and your guidance. Yes, Lord, I want to be in love with you. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. When we say, yes, Lord, we're walking in agreement with God. When we hear the word of God read or preached or whatever, and we're meditating on it and God shows us something, we say, yes, Lord. Lord, let that be in my life. Lord, let that be my strength and my shield. Yes, Lord, your word. Yes, Lord. We're, then we're in agreement with God. Then God can bless your life. God can be the glory and the lifter of your head. He can be your shield and your strength and your exceeding great reward. But here, the people weren't walking with God. They were calling him their God, but they were not walking with their God. There's people today around this world who call themselves Christians, but they're not walking with Christ. They're not walking with Jesus. They're walking in their own ways and calling themselves as though they're in walking with Jesus. 
We've got to be genuine believers of the Word of God and follow God in spirit and in truth. If the Word of God says it, this is what we've got to agree with and this is what we've got to base our life on. Look what he says in, in, in verse 4. Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion growl from his den unless he has captured something? Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground when there is no bait in it? Does a trap spring up from the earth when it, when it, when it captures nothing at all or when there's nothing to capture it? What does that mean? God, God is saying that you're not walking with me. You're not in agreement with me. Does a lion roar if it, if it doesn't have any? Can a, bird, can a bird be caught in a trap if there's nothing in there to entice the bird to go into the trap? Does a trap just spring up in the, at the air? The trap waits for, its, for something to come to it. And when, when you put your foot in it, then the trap springs. God is saying, see, when you, if you're not in agreement with me, and if you're not walking in my ways... Then there's a lion out there who's going to be roaring to devour you. The Bible says the devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. See, if we're walking with the Lord, the lion can't roar because he can't devour you. But once we start not walking in agreement with God and start to stray... Then the lion's there because then you become one who he may devour. When you're not walk, when you're walking in agreement with Jesus, the Bible says he'll keep you from the snare of the fowler. Does the Bible say that? I'll keep you from the snare of the fowler. But when you're not in agreement with Jesus, when you're not walking in his ways, when you're not following him and you start walking this way, then your foot can get into the snare of the fowler. So the Bible says, you see, can a bird get caught in a trap if there's no bait in it? No. But if there's bait in it and the bird goes to that bait, how many of you know the devil tries to bait you to, to, to come here, to entice you to do this? And it's outside the word of God. It, it violates God's word. That's bait. All the bait of Satan is bait that violates God's word. It may look good, it may smell good, it may sound good, and it may be enticing. But if we don't go there, that snare can't get us. Everything that this world has is bait in a trap. And unless you go for that bait, you can never get caught in that trap. And God says that if you're not walking, if you don't stay in agreement with me, and you want to go your own way, you will get caught in the snares of the fowler. You will get caught in the traps of this world. And then you will call upon my name. Most always, when someone gets in a trap, when a trap snaps on you, you say, ow. How many of you say, oh, do that again? Doesn't a trap hurt? When a trap snaps on any creature, whether it's a bird, a bear, or any kind of creature, when that trap snaps, it hurts. It can break a leg. It can, right? And then when we get caught in the snare and it snaps and we're in pain and we're hurting because we went for something that we shouldn't have gone for in the first place. We never should have been in that trap to begin with. But now we're in there because my choice. God help. God will come and help you. 
But the scar and the pain of that trap is still going to be there to remind you that what you did brought, brought consequences onto your life. And if you do it again, you might find, in a, find yourself in a bigger trap that hurts even more. The devil never lessens the traps for your life. He increases them. If he can get you into a little one, he'll try and get you into a bigger one. If he can get you into a bigger one, he'll try and get you into even a greater one. He'll try to devour you and swallow you up. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus came to keep you from the snares of the fowler. That's why in this world, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to keep focused on him, not what the news is saying, because the news is a snare, is a fear. Let me put it this way. The news is a fear snare, a snare of fear. And we've got to, we've got to be wise. We've got to listen and we've got to, but we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and know that, Lord, I will say yes to you. I will walk with you. I will do what is right in this world. I will not lie. I will not cheat. I will not do. I will. I will just trust in you. My life will be a life of righteousness and God will provide. Doesn't he, Carol? God provides. We stand with God and walk with him. He provides ways that we can never expect or imagine. But if we don't, we find ourselves ensnared. And look what it says here in verse 6. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people tremble? You know, in those days when they sounded the trumpet, it wasn't for a musical concert. How many of you know that? When they sounded a trumpet in the city, it wasn't to say, hey, there's a concert going on. Come on, let's party. When a trumpet sounded in the city, it meant that warning, danger is approaching. An enemy is outside. And the trumpet was a warning to take heed, to, to, to come together, to come together because there's a need, there's something urgent. And it says if a trumpet is blown in a city, don't the people get tremble? When God declares his word, when God speaks his word, don't people, aren't people, when, when we hear the word of God warning us, don't do this. Don't, should we tremble? We should tremble. Lord, I don't want to do that. Your word tells me not to do that. That's the trumpet sound to me. Warning. Lord, your trumpet is sounding. Don't go there. Don't do this. God's word is filled with trumpet sounds of don't do this and don't do that. The trumpet sounds warning us. There's a snare there. Don't go there. Stay away. Follow me. Walk with me. Lead. Let me guide you. That's why Jesus says, I'm the shepherd, the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep follow me. If we're following God, he takes us through the minefields of the enemy. And if we're not following Jesus, the enemy has a minefield out there that can damage your life in major ways. You see, and it says, second part of verse 6, if a calamity occurs in the city, has not the Lord done it? What is God saying? You see, God says when a people turn from God and stop following him, stop calling upon his name, God has to stand back and then iniquity, sin, abounds in the city. And when sin abounds, calamity is there. Everything is discombobulated. There's turmoil. There's everything. There's wickedness starts to prevail. Why is this country so going through so much stuff 
because they try to remove God from schools. They try to take prayer out of everything. They try to say, don't mention the name of Jesus, right? Even on the news now, they're, 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 they're saying, and I read it in the paper, that it says that they want to give now birth control to every woman as a preventive measure so that they don't have to get pregnant because pregnancy is like having a virus. Imagine what they say, that having becoming pregnant is like a virus, a problem, something you don't want, you want to destroy it. The devil comes against the seed of an individual, of a woman. And now, and now in politics, they're, they're coming against the seed. Don't mention the name of Jesus. Don't pray. But you can kill your pregnancy. You can kill that seed. That's okay. We're this world, this country is coming up to judgment. There's a judgment coming upon this land. And we cannot, listen to me, we cannot blame it upon the unrighteous. Because the only way they got there is because Christians and the church failed and lacked. People don't want to hear that. People don't like to hear that. But the truth is, if the church was praying, if the church was standing up for righteousness, this would have never escalated to the point that it has. And so because, because of God's people siding with that stuff, voting in people who, who want to destroy the life of children, God cannot bless that. And there will be consequences. That's why I'm saying tonight, there is a judgment. The Lord is about to come. There is a judgment, and you see it increasing over the world. All you got to do is look at the world around you. Floods, earthquakes, famines, uh, all, all kinds of things. No rain, too much rain, floods, earthquakes. Why is this? Because overall, the people of God are going into and compromising with the world. They're not agreeing with God. They're agreeing with people in the political arena so that they can get favors and they can get this and they can get that. And then God is left out. God is like just, all right, we'll get to you in a little while, Lord. But that's why I'm challenging you tonight. Keep your fire burning. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep building up your, your, your relationship with the Lord. He'll provide for you. He surely is coming again. Look at verse 10. See, God says there's going to be a... Back then, God was saying, Israel, there's a great judgment coming upon you. Not because of the Gentiles, not because of the unbelievers, but because you who are my people have not walked in agreement with me. Look what it says. Verse 10, but they do not know how to do what is right, declares the Lord. These who board up violence and devastation in the citadels. There says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, an enemy, even one surrounding the, the land, will put, you down, put down your strength from you and your citadels will be looted. You see, God gave to Amos, it wasn't something people wanted to hear. Who wants to hear impending judgment? 
impending disasters. Nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear. I don't like hearing that. But truth is truth. This truth is marching on. And nothing that a man says or does is going to change God's truth. So we either got to be in agreement with God's truth or not. We're either, yes, Lord, or we compromise. I know that we don't compromise. I know every one of you here love the Lord Jesus. But what I'm saying is we're living in a day and time when God has warned his churches. He's warned his people in Amos. He's warned his people in Revelation. He's warned his people every time in between. To keep your focus on the Lord. Stay righteous. Stay pure. Don't let this world bring fear into your life. Don't let this world defile you. Don't worry about anything. That if you walk with Jesus, if you call upon the name of the Lord, if you praise him and worship him, he will provide for your needs. He will shelter you in the time of storm. He will take care of you. And that's why when we come on, Friday, on Wednesday night to pray, we come to pray, to stand in agreement and believe God. God, I just believe you that, that you that my life will be pleasing to you, that you'll help me, strengthen me through these days and times, that I will, my life will be a strength to my brothers and sisters. We need to encourage one another. What does it say in Hebrews? Encourage one another all the more as you see what? As you see the day approaching. What day? The day of judgment. The day of the coming of the Lord. People mock that. People make fun of that. Even Christians make fun of that and mock that because they're not in agreement with Jesus and his word. They're not in agreement with living lives of righteousness. They're not in agreement with the purity of God's word. They're not in agreement with letting God's word be a conviction to their life to change. And so many will mock many, even Christians, because God doesn't care if the Gentiles, I mean, understand it. God doesn't care if the Gentiles mock because they don't care anyway. God cares about what his people are saying, those who call themselves his people. And if we call ourselves Christians, that should mean we're walking with Jesus saying, yes, Lord, I want my life to be found with my lamp burning, my oil full, and I want to be found to be well-pleasing, Lord, in your sight and in your hearing. Lord, this world affords me nothing. This world has nothing to offer me, but you have much to offer. You have the truth of the Lord of the living God. You have the truth of Jesus Christ that can set captives free, that can bring hope to a dying world. And so I pray a word of encouragement to us tonight that we be steadfast in your faith and in the walk of the Lord, and that we be committed to building each other up in our most holy faith. This world will try to wear you down. This world will try to rob from you and steal from you and take from you. This world does not want to bless you. This world wants to rob from you. Why? Because the world is under the sway and the rule of the evil one. And so if it's under his rule and reign and dominion, it's going to rob from you and take from you. But you know what? You don't belong to this world. You're in it, but you're not of it. Who do you belong to? You belong to Jesus. 
You belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. One day this world will bow. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. What? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Hold fast. Hold your head up. Be firm. Be strong. Sing a song of praise in the morning. Sing a song of praise at night. Worship God in the morning. Worship God in the evening. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. Stay with him. Judgment might come upon the world or judgment might come upon this country, but it will not come upon you if you're walking with Jesus and keeping your... So I want to challenge you. Walk with the Lord. Stay on fire. Focus on Jesus. And don't worry about what's coming upon this world because Jesus will catch you up and you'll be with him. He'll see you through. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Jesus will take care of you. Hallelujah. Say it with me. God will take care of me. Say it. God will take care of me. And say the name. Jesus will take care of me. Jesus will take care of me. Hallelujah. So judgment is coming. The Lord is soon to come. We don't know when. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. Could be 100 years from now. I don't know. It doesn't look good in the worldly realm. But I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at Jesus. And I can lay down at night and I can say, Lord, no matter what, I'm ready. I'm ready. And guess what, Lord, if you don't come today or tomorrow, I'm going to try and build my, my brothers and sisters up. I want to change. I want to keep, keep my fire burning for you. I want to keep my lamp full. And I want to keep, uh, show me, Lord, what I need to change. Be my strength and my strength. But I want to, I want to encourage my brothers and sisters. Stand fast. Fight the good fight of faith. Be firm. Stand strong in Jesus. Stand upon the rock of your salvation. Hallelujah. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. Hallelujah. 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 Don't turn into Fox News. Don't turn into CC, CNN News. Or don't turn into any kind of news. WPA, we're on your side news. Turn on to the good news. Turn on to the good news. Here's, what, here's the station you want to tune into right here. The good news. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the best news that I've ever read. This is the best news I've ever had. Fox News doesn't have the good news that this has. CNN doesn't have the news here. I don't care. WP or whatever it is on your side. They don't have the good news that God is here. That, right? We have. Say, I've got the good news. Say it. I got the good news. Ha, and it's up to date. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's up to date. The good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.